As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The United States' most high-profile World Cup opponents are facing a challenging international window, with Nations League games against Italy and Germany both coming up. The Athletics' Jack Pitt-Brook joins me today for a quick check-in on the state of the England team on the eve of their last games before Qatar. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Avnos, and this is Soccer Everyday for Thursday, September 22nd. England and the United States will meet in the World Cup on Black Friday, the day before Thanksgiving. It's a big matchup on a big date, and pretty much regardless of the result, I think it's fair to say that it'll be the most important match in American soccer this year. As both teams gather for their separate international window games, I think it would be a good time to check in with the Athletics England reporter, Jack Pitt-Brook. Jack, how are you doing? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um... Now, Jack, England's window looks a little bit different from the United States because unlike the U.S., England doesn't have the luxury of choosing their opponents because they're playing UEFA Nations League games. Now, that being said, they're very, very good teams, very good opposition. They're away at Italy this Friday and then hosting Germany on Monday. Uh, England is currently last in its Nations League group. Italy and Germany are ahead of them. And if they stay last in their Nations League group, they'll fall back into the dreaded Nations League group or Nations League B, not Group B. Oh, boy. Um, maybe this is an insane jet question, Jack, but how is the team balancing the priorities of getting the squad in shape for the World Cup, which is obviously the big thing, or avoiding Nations League relegation? Is there even a balance at all to be discussed here? Well, to be honest, I think I'm the only person in the country who feels like there should be a balance and that England should try and retain their Nations League A-tier status. Uh, I actually remember one of the... Um, in June, back when England played Hungary in Budapest, uh, asking Gareth Southgate about exactly this and you know how much he cared about staying as a Nations League A tier team, and the impression that I got from from Southgate's answer was that really they don't especially care right now. Like obviously they'd rather win the games than lose them. You yeah. know that should go without saying. But really, the priority at the moment is to just fine tune the team, discover the right you know the right combinations, the right system, the right players in preparation for the start of the World Cup in Qatar. So, as much as you know, I'm going the Germany game and Italy game coming up in the next few days is going to be really interesting. 
but I don't feel like there is much of a kind of sense of competitive tension about where England will finish in this group. But so then, so obviously like you and Southgate maybe differ in, in opinions here. Why do you feel that focusing on Nations League would be a worthwhile uh, endeavor? That's a great question. I don't even have a good answer to that question. I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like there's a you know may, maybe this is just to people who are football journalists and spend too much time like on Wikipedia looking at permutations for various tournaments. But sure. personally, I feel a little a little bit like there is a bit of prestige attached to being in Nations League A, and you know, and if England are in Nations League tier uh, tier B in the next iteration of the Nations League, then that means that the teams that they will be playing in the build-up to Euro 2024 will obviously be worse, and they'll get worse practice. Whereas the beauty of the Nations, of the Nations League is that if you are in Tier A, you're playing good teams all the time. That's true. And that, what better evidence do we have of that than this current window where you go back-to-back Italy and Germany? Uh, Jack, you mentioned that Southgate is still trying to find and focusing on finding the right combination of players uh, on the field, I would imagine, in the squad at large, too. What sort of questions remain in the England squad at the moment? What sorts of positional or squad debates are happening right now? I think debate number one is what formation are the team going to play uh, in Qatar? You know, they've moved in the last year or two between the back three and the back four system. My feeling is that we're going to see more of the back three in Qatar than the back four. Mm-hmm. I guess the the next question is, does Gareth Southgate stay loyal to Harry Maguire, who is now out of the Manchester United team and frankly hasn't played well for quite a while? The next question is probably who plays in midfield alongside Declan Rice, because I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that at this point. Um, and, you know, I could go on. There's a quite a lot of questions going on, even though the personnel with England have been quite stable, really, over the six years of the Southgate era. It does feel at the moment like there's quite a lot of question marks about some of Southgate's main guys. Well, you mentioned center backs. Let's start there. Uh, if, let's say, Harry Maguire is dropped by Southgate as like a regular every game starter, who are the options to sort of come into that into that uh, role? And I would imagine that whether or not they play a back three or a back four has a pretty large impact into the kind of personnel he could he could tap to fill those roles. Exactly. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. I was on the train yesterday to England's media day at their base in St George's Park and chatting to some other journalists about this. And look, okay, let's assume they're playing a back three. I sure. think the most likely would be uh, Kyle Walker would stay on the right. Then maybe you would ha- maybe you would keep John Stones on the in the middle of the three, and then at the left you could maybe have Tamori or Mark Gahey. Mm-hmm. Another option would be to have Eric Dyer in the middle of the three, where of course he plays for Tottenham, and maybe shift Stones to the left of the three. But that's not a job that Stones has done before. If they go for a two in mid in at centre back, then obviously Kyle Walker wouldn't be there. But I imagine it would be Sto- it would it, it would be Stones and one other, either Dyer who hasn't played in about four for quite a while. Or maybe somebody younger, like a Gahey or a Tamori, who I think you know, we'd all love to see, but it's, suddenly it's, it's not really that clear anymore. Do you think that the question of whether or not they play a back three or back four, do you think they could adjust depending on who they're playing at the tournament? Or is this the kind of thing where they'll enter with an identity and stick to that kind of regardless? Because, you know, I'm struck by the first two games are against the, the United States and Iran as their opener. And those are two pretty different styles that they'll be facing. 
I would definitely, I would imagine the former. I think that you know one of the successes of England's campaign at the Euros last year was that they played the back three system for the Germany game, which worked well, and Italy game, which worked well for the first half at least. And then the other games they played the back four system. And Southgate went into the Euros definitely thinking we need to have two different plans that we can call upon. So I'm sure we'll see both systems used. My my reason for thinking we'll see more of the back three is that I just think that England. England was so bad in the last set of Nations League games in June and it felt as if Southgate was thinking at the end, we can't be too expansive. We need to go back to what we're, we're good at, which I think means you know controlling games, men in the middle of the pitch, uh, rather than trying to get all the attacking players on the pitch at the same time and playing expansive football. So that's my reasoning for thinking he'll play the three, but let's wait and see. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Moving uh, just a little bit further upfield to midfield, you mentioned that they still need to find the right partner for for Declan Rice in midfield. Who are the options there? Well, Calvin Phillips obviously played there in the Euros, but there are huge question marks about his fitness at the moment. He's not really made much of an impression at all for Manchester City since joining. So... Uh, then there's Jordan Henderson, of course, who's much more experienced. But again, you know, Henderson struggling a little bit in the last year or two with his fitness. And I, I don't know whether he'd be ready to start games. And there's lots of, you know, people, lots of fans would want Jude Bellingham in the team because he's playing so fantastically well for Borussia Dortmund. At the same time, Bellingham's 19. He's not, re- you know, he's played very well for Dortmund in the Champions League, hasn't played consistently very well for the England senior team yet. Or, you know, he's, he's very young and there's still time, but maybe it might be a bit too soon to start starting him in World Cup games. And then, of course, there's the issue of the system. You know, if if they play the 3-4-3, the, the then they it would be Rice plus one other. If they play the 4-3-3, three, three, it would be Rice and two others. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm sure some fans might want Mason Mount and Phil Foden in the middle with Rice, but that hasn't worked when England have done it before. So, again, lots of questions for Southgate to answer. Jack, in browsing through the athletics coverage and even the things you've said so far on this very episode of this podcast... I'm seeing a lot of talk about Southgate's loyalty to players, whether it's to a fault or not. Or, you know, maybe this is something players really appreciate. Where do you stand on on this? I think that to a certain degree, every national team manager faces uh, this sort of conversation, but it seems to come through very often with Southgate, particularly in the last year or so. Yeah, I, I feel like fans always just want man, international managers to pick whoever's playing best for their club in the last few weeks. And that, sure. as you know, that's never how it actually works. Southgate's view has always been, if this guy's played well for me consistently for England, then he will continue to be in the team. So that's why I think that, you know, the core of this team will really be the core of the players that played at the 2018 World Cup. Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, uh, Kane, Sterling, with just, you know, slight difference in, in midfield and out wide. Um, 
I think it's really going to get tested now in the case of Maguire because Maguire's been so integral to England over the last six years and is, you know, in such a bad moment at Manchester United. There's no getting past it. You know, even Pickford, who there'd been doubts about before, or Walker, who's been in and out of the squad, those guys are doing fine at the moment, whereas Maguire, I think, is the big question for Southgate to answer. And I I genuinely don't know what he's going to say. I think... I imagine he's leaning on the side of loyalty, as always with Southgate. I think he will probably keep him in the team for these two games. But I know that that will not be a popular decision with the public. And I also know that if he if he puts one foot wrong, then it's going to be a huge... It's going to be probably the biggest issue, unless a player gets injured, between now and the World Cup for, for, from an English perspective. It'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out, Jack. I know you'll be covering England in these upcoming games and also in Qatar, so we'll certainly hear from you again. Until then, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. If you want to get news, features, and analysis on the English national team, a link to follow them on The Athletic is in this episode's description. That coverage includes Jack's most recent story, which is about criticism Gareth Southgate faces as English manager and the pressure that comes with being in that position. He's got a great quote from Jack Graylish in that story. I do recommend you check it out alongside all of our other in-depth coverage from our colleagues in the United Kingdom. Before we go, your TV guide for today. As usual, all times are Eastern. The UEFA Nations League is fully underway, and there are a bunch of games, but I'm going to pick out three for you to watch. Unfortunately, the three best ones that I chose are all kicking off at the same time at 2.45 p.m., so you might have to be a little bit choosy here. First up, Croatia versus Denmark. This is going to be on VIX in the United States or on DAZN in Canada. A win for Denmark in this game qualifies them for the Nations League finals. A win for Croatia moves them to the top of their group, and a draw leaves things as they are, and it goes down to the final match day. High stakes there. At 2.45 p.m., also France versus Austria, also on VIX, also on DAZN. Paul Pogba is mixed up in a blackmail scandal. That's right. There is another one with a France national team. And on the field, things aren't going too much better. They haven't won in Nations League yet. They can't qualify for the finals, but a loss means they'll be relegated to Nations League B. So they probably don't want to be there as defending World Cup champions, but I guess we'll see where things are on the field in this game against Austria. Last, but certainly not least, once again, also at 2.45 p.m. Eastern, Belgium versus Wales. This is going to be the game on Fox Sports 1 in the United States and still on DAZN in Canada. This is your chance to scout Wales ahead of the World Cup if you're a U.S. men's national team fan and also to see if Belgium can catch the Netherlands in this very, very interesting group. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic and listening in the app just like I do. Thanks so much for listening and happy soccer to you all.